Welcome to episode number 21 of the Nintendo Life podcast. Back once again after a six-month hiatus, I am, of course, your host, James Newton, better known as Daddy Newts if you follow me on Twitter. And we're taking a look at some of the upcoming games heading for the Wii and the 3DS in the next sort of six to 12 months. I'm very fortunate now to be joined by Mr. Kevin Ever. Hello, Kevin. Hi. uh, Nice to be here. Nice to be here. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, If you could just introduce yourself uh, and a little bit about what you do, and then we'll get on with the show. Well, uh, as we said, my name's Kevin Eva. I'm the Square Enix London Studios Community Manager. Um, you may also know me as Archangel UK and uh, from my time at Sega, which uh, was for a little while. And uh, I am principally, at the uh, present moment anyway, uh, the Community Manager in charge of Heroes of Ruin, which is a forthcoming action-adventure um- I got a chance to play uh, Heroes of Rune a couple of months ago, um, in July, I think it was, actually. Um, and I really, really liked it. But if you could just sum up the game uh, for some of our listeners who maybe haven't heard of it, that'd be really good. Yeah, it's a, an action-adventure game. Um, it's got some RPG elements to it. People have been com- comparing it to Diablo and Torchlight and all sorts of things. Um, it's not a, it's not a pure RPG. It's quite an old-school sort of style game. It does Dungeon Crawler. Uh, you play one of four classes. There's uh, the Savage, who's sort of a big, burly character. There's the Architect, who is the uh, female character, and she's a sorceress. The uh, two characters we've been really talking about so far are the, the Vindicator, who's this lion man with a humongous sword and just goes through and smashes things out of the way. Uh, who's these characters are sort of very, very sort of honor driven, and then you've got the the complete opposite of that uh, character in the gunslinger, who unsurprisingly uses guns a lot. Mm, who knew? It, he, yeah, I, I would have thought he'd have used some sort of you know mind control with a name like that. But no, he uses uh, guns as a range character, and uh, he's, he's a bit he's got a bit of a shady past uh, as well. Um, in fact, they've all got. They've all got uh, shady buzz, and that's actually one of the things we've been uh, we discussed on uh, the podcast segment I re- recorded for the official Heroes of Ruin podcast, Ruincast, the other day. Was um, the name Heroes of Ruin itself? It's the ruin aspect is not so much the the world or anything like that. It's quite literally Heroes of Ruin. These these guys are not the best. Uh, heroes in the world to, to uh, be tasked with the quest that they've been given, which is to save this, say this uh, kingdom, which is a part of this world called Vale. And uh, there's been a, a, a very, very long war, sort of dark time, where uh, just, everyone's been at war, everyone's been it's, uh, been uh, poor, famines, all, all the terrible things that you would associate with, you know, a, a global economic crisis. Um, and the leader of this city, which is uh, Nexus, has mysteriously been poisoned. He was one of the ones who brokered this peace that finally 
put an end to all this this suffering uh, and brought about this sort of golden era of peace. And someone's poisoned him, and no one's quite sure how on earth they're uh, going to actually cure him. However, if they don't cure him, of course, uh, then suspicions will rise if he dies, fingers will be pointed, and the, the fragile peace which has been fought so long and so hard to actually... Um, to actually get will just just crumble if he dies. So it's very important that these guys go out and and, and find this cure. Uh, but of course, they've got no idea exactly where to start, and they're all actually kind of out for their own their own interests and not really for the greater good. So uh, so obviously, story is sort of a big focus, and you mentioned you've got different classes. Do they have uh, individual stories within that, or do they all follow sort of like the same story path? They, um, well, I should say that um, any time you play Heroes of Ruin, you'll actually have a very a, a different experience. The dungeons are sort of completely randomly generated. Obviously, there's a couple of you know, key points here and there, but the path you get every single time will be different. You, if you go into somebody else's game and go, oh, yes, I've, I've completed this level, um, that's all well and good, um, but uh, you'll actually find that the path that, they take is is completely different to the one that you may have taken and uh, what you come across would be very different uh the characters themselves do have different different pathways and different uh backgrounds the vindicator character um the, the lion swordsman he uh is part of a very um a sort of very noble warrior class um sort of very solemn guardians of of, of the land, um, sort of career soldiers, and uh, he he has done he has done something that's actually got him cast out of the group. Your particular one, although it's not it's not exactly said what it is, but it's pretty severe for a vindicator to get thrown out of what is essentially his order. So he's he's uh, searching the land to, for some way to get his get his honor back, and he thinks that finding this cure would be a pretty good thing. The gunslinger, um, as I said, he's, he's, a, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a shady character, or at least was, because he um, he was a thief, he was a gambler, he was it was all manner of things, and he owes people a lot of money, and they are calling to collect, so he needs cash in a hurry, otherwise they're going to break his trigger fingers. So they're coming in from different different angles and uh, the reasons of why they are coming in is very different but like I said the actual gameplay you play um, the way you go through the levels will be different for every person regardless of whether or not you play the same class or not you mentioned as well um, earlier that if you go into other players' games, I mean, what sort of uh, what sort of multiplayer options are we talking about there? Is it when we get to the game going live, there's not really going to be such a thing as single and multiplayer. We're what we're doing is it's going to be drop in, drop out, and it's going to be completely seamless. So you can choose whether or not you have slots open in your party of four. And uh, you can specify if one will be for a private slot for somebody who's on your friends list, for instance. But otherwise, you can literally go in and out of people's games and it'll be seamless um, if you want to. If you want to play it sing single, single player on your own, that's fine. Um, you can go that way. But every game, it'll be a case of, well, you may come across, you may come across people in, in, um, in your travels 
i.e. people who have joined your game, and you can go together as a group and you'll be able to talk on uh, using the microphone uh, built into your 3DS and uh, have sort of live chat and, and organise via that, organise your battles. That sounds good. Uh, you were saying about friends lists. Is it possible to invite players on your friends list? Because that's something that we haven't really seen so far. Well, if you're setting slots for your private for private uh, use for specific friends, then yeah, that's good. So it'll, like it'll, it'll, it'll all be there. But you'll be sort of playing with people from around the world. It's not local, you know, wireless connection. It is full online. It's full online microphone. Uh, full online microphone chat. Seeing this drop in and out. Uh, the other thing that we're doing actually is obviously using obviously much as the 3DS's uh, USPs as possible, and we're using both Street Pass and Spot Pass. So if you go, um, if your 3DS is in sleep mode and you're walking around and somebody uh, you pass has a uh, Heroes of Ruin save file, the everything you actually have sold in the game. So We've we've been very we've been very clear about trying to streamline things, uh, streamline as much of the game as possible because there's a tendency within the, a, a game like this where you're picking up loot every so often that there's you know you're gonna end up with you, a bag a, a, a pack of holding which is rather full in a hurry and you're gonna be you know, stopping the game and going through your inventory and. Uh, Boring. Trying to find, trying to find the, trying to find the best thing in a hurry, and and you know getting rid of the other stuff. What we've actually implemented in the game is, if you come across a piece of loot, there's there's some options for you. You can either put it, you know, you can either put it into your pack, and you can carry that around and go when you go back to Nexus and go to one of the shops and then sell that, and you'll get that for uh, amounts of gold, which you can obviously then put towards other things. But you can also auto equip it if it's a better piece of equipment there'll be a little symbol at the top of your screen which will tell you that this is this is better than what you've got at the moment so you can bing also equip it it'll appear on your character model within the game you'll see it yes. uh, however if, if you press down on the d-pad you will automatically sell that it won't be you won't get as much gold back as you would for say if you'd have actually carried carried it around you carried it back into town and then sold it then but you can boom auto sell it, get the gold now, take the slight hit um, for not you know, travelling back with it, but get gold straight away. Sounds Every- good. And then you mentioned sorry, you mentioned street pass as well, so that feeds yeah. into the into the street pass shop somehow. Uh, yeah, we'll say so everything you you sell when you go past um, somebody, every item that you sold, the game will keep track of, and because obviously there's um, there's eighty thousand items. In, in the game. Now, that, that doesn't mean 80,000 weapons, mm. uh, but, and obviously you've got to remember it's all like split across floor classes as well. But so there's, there's boots and rings and, you know, and uh, armor and shoulder pads and, and helmets and, uh, and weapons. So there's 80,000. Mm, all, all, all the important stuff that, you know, you need to go out, you need to have to go out shopping on a Saturday night. <laughs> um, all of those things. Will be there. You you will not get them all in a playthrough. So anything that you've sold will then appear within the stores of those people that you actually pass. Which is which is cool. Which is like I say a good way to sort of streamline it because um, a lot of people mm. when you when you're walking around, obviously the the principle of street passes you just carry 3ds with you as a routine. 
you don't always necessarily want to get out and sort of say, you know, excuse me, does anyone here want to play Heroes of Ruin? Has anyone got this, you know, plus five decimator mace? Because I would like one. Um, so that sounds quite good. But, um, I mean, obviously, I believe the game is uh, going to use Spot Pass as well. What can, you, uh, what can you tell us about that? This is where Heroes of Ruin gets quite, quite exciting, from, at least from my point of view. Uh, using Spot Pass, you will get for the year at least, at least a year, after the game is released in early 2012, via Spot Pass, you will get a new challenge every day. So it, it could be it could be anything, but you'll get a new challenge. There's this scope for doing some new content as well, maybe, but we'll have to see how that goes. It's, but there'll be a, a daily challenge every day for, for a year, and there will be weekly challenges as well, and those will get you you know rare bits of bits of loot, some extra money, some extra experience points that can obviously go in uh, to your to your character. And uh, that'll be sort of just it's just something else to something else to do, but say every day, every yeah. day for free. You can't for uh, free, yeah. Uh, you can't complain about that, can you? So it's well, well, free, on, you can, free online you multiplayer. It'd be terribly unreasonable of you. Yes, yeah. It would just, <laughs> it would just be ungrateful, wouldn't it? Really. Well, I wouldn't say. So uh, free online multiplayer and free additional content for a year. Uh, it certainly sounds like something else, you know, something different than what we've what we've seen on on yeah, 3DS so far. Trying to tie in as many things as possible, so we're trying to tie in that. And there's, um, we're doing stuff on the website at the moment, heroesofruin.com, where we've got something called the Wall of Champions, which is an XP, um, uh, which is uh, an, an XP-related sort of task, where you, when you do things on the site, you gain experience points, which will gain you uh, levels. And those people who are currently doing it. Though there's only one level at the moment, but if you get that level, uh, there's going to be sort of special treats and in store for you, um, sort of a, a special title on the website and all sorts of things. But we're going to try and tie that in with the experience in the game. So if you if you do various numbers of challenges in the game, then that will unlock more XP within the website, and um, that will sort of raise your raise your rank and level. Uh, so that's heroesofruin.com, is that right? Heroesofruin.com. And whilst that whilst that um, extended Wall of Champions, uh, which whatever it is that Episode 4 of Ruincast gets finally recorded and put online, which will hopefully be this week coming from the time of recording of this podcast, um, uh, you'll be able to find out just all the details on that uh, because I'm going to divulge all. But I will, I will reveal one little thing. In that one of, because I've been writing the XP rewards as to what they are, and having tremendous fun uh, and getting just every piece of pop culture nonsense I can <laughs> in the titles, uh, and and all sorts of other video games as well. I mean, there's other video games on there already. Um, the, for example, the, the very first one when you you sign up uh, for a new account on Heroes of Ruin, uh, the achievement is Rolling Start. Nice, uh, but that wasn't done by me. That was done by the, my predecessor as well. No, so knowing you as I do, it's, that's it's, very surprising. Yeah, well, it wasn't. I say it wasn't me, but there, there's going to be there's going to be some other ones in there as well. Um, but uh, I will uh, I will reveal something that I've, I wrote down the other day, and I thought, who can I do? Who can I put in there uh, as a little little bonus? And I thought, huh. Well, some I know a website that's got a very nice name that could potentially. Yeah, go down as um, a website, you know, XP achievement that's of, oh. of significance. 
um, the term Nintendo Life. Yeah, it's, I recognise that name. It's a, it's a very good, very good term. I've heard it somewhere before. Yeah, I think uh, so. But the so, so our listeners should tune into episode four of the Runecast via heroesofribbon.com. Well, I'm not going to tell you what it is in that, but no. I, I will. But they won't want to miss it. But uh, yeah, don't don't miss out on that. But there will be there will be an XP achievement called Nintendo Life in honour of NintendoLife.com. Yeah. What more could you ask for? Um, so obviously we've got heroesofruin.com, but how else can uh, can our listeners keep up to date with the Heroes of Ruin updates? Well, uh, like I mentioned, there's the Ruincast, which is the official Heroes of Ruin podcast. It's not on iTunes yet because iTunes is incapable of actually approving any podcasts, yes. <laughs> as I'm sure you know. Yeah, well, we're on there. You're on, you're in there now. Oh, I've been trying for months. To... Yeah, it's been it's been a long and steady road, but we got there. Oh, anyway. The, but there's that. There's the there's a Heroes of Ruin official Facebook page, which is Facebook dot com, not Facebook dot com. Not Facebook. That's after a few drinks. Oh, that's Facebook dot com. <laughs> Sean Connery. That's that Sean Connery book. <laughs> um, yeah, Heroes of Ruin. Uh, Facebook dot com forward slash Heroes of Ruin, and you can find out all details on there. There is a Twitter account, which is for the Square Enix London Studios, yep. which is part of Square Enix Europe. Uh, and that is uh, twitter.com forward slash morsels. But, so M-O-R-E-S-E-L-S, more cells. It's a, it's a clever play on words, isn't it? Because, of course, it's, it's, it's more probably the only, it's probably the only. It's probably the only pun we could have done. <laughs> um, but, yes, uh, you can uh, follow us on there and uh, we'll let you know everything that's going on. There's, uh, and there's also forums, obviously, on the, on the heroesofruin.com. Homepage where you can uh, chat to fellow people. Sounds good. So uh, you, we've not got an official release date, have we, for Heroes of Ruin? Yet, it but is we're expecting it. early 2012 is the uh, the official time, as I am aware of at this moment in time. That sounds good. So it's not too long to wait, really. We've got, what, four to six months, something like that, probably? I would say so from this point in time, yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, right, well, Kevin, thank you very much for joining us. Um, and you know we'll be we'll be sure to keep our listeners up to date with everything that goes on in the world of Heroes of Ruin. Thanks, so for, thanks again. I'm, I'm sure we can get Nintendo Live down for an extra special preview and maybe talking of M Space and the like. Brilliant stuff, Kevin. Thanks again for joining us. Hello, it's a me, Mario. Woohoo! And you're listening to Nintendo Live number one. Woohoo! Hi everybody, this is Brad, aka Chunky Droid, and I just wanted to say hi to you all and tell you guys how much I'm looking forward to The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword coming out in November. I had a chance to play the game at a public Nintendo event held in Sydney last weekend, and I have to say that I've never experienced such an immersive game in my life. Just the way that Nunchuck acts as a shield with the Wiimote as your sword, I truly felt I was a part of the action. The difficulty doesn't disappoint either. I had my butt handed to me by the boss in the demo that we got to play, and I can't wait to get back into it and figure out how to beat it. Definitely one to look out for, kids. I'm now very fortunate to be joined uh, by our European reviewer, Peter Willington. Peter, thank you very much for joining me on the show today. That's my pleasure. Uh, some of you may know Peter better by his Twitter name, which is uh, 000, but where the Z is an X. Peter, why is this? Uh, because I want to make my life as difficult as possible for people to find me, because uh, you know, it works so well over the medium of audio, doesn't it? Zero. That's... Uh, yeah, there's somebody with a with a completely different Twitter handle who's getting a lot of followers, I think. Yeah, I should think so and say, hey, I really enjoyed what you wrote about uh, <laughs> about 101 in explosive megamix. Oh, yeah. Can we be friends, please? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, 
we're in October now. I don't know where this year has gone. We've had a we've had a really really good year in in Nintendo overall. Obviously, we've seen the the 3DS launch, um, and we've had some some cracking games to play. But we've only got two months left of 2011, and in those two months, we've got arguably some of the biggest games in Nintendo's history. Uh, but what are some of the games that you're looking forward to playing later this year? Oh my goodness me! Um, I've got to say that uh, I'm, I'm I'm really kind of excited to see super mario 3d land um i'm I'm excited to see what happens with that um because from everything i've kind of seen and 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 everything that i've experienced of the title you know seeing it at expos and and going hands-on with it at press events that sort of thing it's been a game that's that's it's been the first mario game to really surprise me but surprise me in a kind of slightly bad way in in that i haven't seen much from what they've shown I haven't seen much experimentation with the title. And I think that it's it's simply because it's kind of um they've kind of put out slightly odd demos for, or, or very easy demos uh, for people to try out. But but I I'm kind of excited to 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 play the whole game itself. I I, I really want to be able to to see later like later improvements, late, you know, um last level kind of um moments where, you know, you know, the house that uh, where you know R and D one are kind of um, able to get on it and, and bring all of these weird 3D, hopefully weird 3D mechanics into play because I haven't seen too much of that at the moment. See now, there's obviously um, I don't know how much of you you've played of the game, but I went to London a couple of weeks ago and I played through the first two worlds. I was actually supposed to stop uh, at world two three. <laughs> But um, I managed to sneak away into a dark corner. I managed to get to the uh, airship at the end of World 2. So nice. I pretty much played like the f- the first two worlds, which is the first sort of quarter of the game. And I, I, I totally get what you're saying, that you're not seeing a lot of experimentation. I mean, for me, I went in. Uh, for me, the benchmark is still Super Mario Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, that is just like the, the absolute pinnacle of, uh, you know, sort of Nintendo design brilliance. It really is. But what's so clever about that is, it will introduce a mechanic in you know one of the earlier levels, and then later on it puts a different spin on it, and that's where when Nintendo keeps going. And you're quite right that from the first two worlds, we haven't really seen any of that. Okay, so it's introducing platforming. Tanuki suit is back, um, and you've got you know sort of classic s- sort of stages and setups reimagined, but we haven't really seen where Nintendo's gone. Okay, here's what you thought this game was about, but now have you considered this? Um, one of the levels which which I have seen, which is really clever, and one they featured in some of the trailers, uh, if you find these green warp pipes in certain levels, they'll take you to basically an optical illusion. Where if you have the 2D, uh, if you have the 3D slider switched to off, it looks like all the blocks are all lined up together, mm-hmm. or it sort of certainly appears one way in 2D. But when you flick the 3D on, you can tell that actually they have depth. There might be a block nearer to you, or sort of two two in the past, uh, in sort of in the background. So. You may think it appears one way, but then if you flick the switch, you can see it from a different perspective. And that's really what we expected, certainly what I expected, more or less the whole game to be like. I thought it would just completely you know, challenge you at every opportunity. And to be honest with you, it's not doing that. It's um, our, our, our other podcast editor, John, John Walgren, made a really good point in saying that Mario, sort of Super Mario 64 and Mario Galaxy take Mario in, in one sort of one path for, for 3D. But he sort of likened it to Metroid in that 
when they took Metroid 3D, they went down the Metroid Prime route, but they could easily have gone down other M instead. Mm. And it's sort of two, you know, two offshoots, really, of this idea of how to take Mario 3D. Um, and, and that's, I think, what we're seeing with 3D Land. It is Mario World, Mario Brothers, Mario Land, but with 3D exploration sort of built in. It's not, you, you know, really seeing what you can do with 3D. It's taking an old idea and expressing it in a new way. That's certainly the way that, uh, the way that I've approached it. And I think that that's what Nintendo does best with their Mario games, because when you when you look at the the kind of history of the of the franchise itself, like there are lots of very similar mechanics that that all borrow from you know Super Mario Brothers, uh, you know the f- the first game, and but but the exciting thing for me is, has always been how Miyamoto, how R and D One have 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 kind of taken on those old ideas and given them new life and and with new technologies given them a fresh spin and you're quite right in that it, it's it's not fantastic that you know the the earlier levels that they that they've been showing at public events and that sort of thing have been so haven't really focused on this they've kind of been focusing on well this is the old mario that you love yay and and and, and that's fine to an extent but to somebody like myself yeah i want to see this 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 new technology used within the um, within the Mario oeuvre, you know, I, I want to that that um, sliding the 3D scale up uh, thing that you were talking about. That sounds absolutely fantastic, and that that sounds like more uh, more like what they should have been been showing because that that fascinates me. So so am I am I right in thinking? Because I've seen a few different screenshots. So I'm I'm kind of thinking that. This is so obviously you kind of go down this warp pipe and then you're in these small areas. Now, are these areas kind of like the ones that you might have seen in the original Super Mario Brothers, for example, you know, with lots of little coins and that sort of thing? Yeah, basically. So, yeah. So if if they're sort of they're diversions, they're not usually alternate routes. You'll you'll drop down and you're presented. So like the the one that I I played um, it basically if you have 2D, it looks like a pyramid. Mm. and it just looks like all the blocks are lined up next to each other. You turn your 3D on and actually can see there's a block to the left that's much nearer the camera. So if you go if you go down it in 2D, you think you're going to step on this block if you go down. If you imagine it like Cubert, there's a game that you know that you understand. <laughs> uh, you'll imagine that all the all the blocks are, you know, connected. But actually the 3D lets you see that they're not. And the the, the demo that I played was the first two levels from the um from the Japanese game. The, it actually starts with sort of like an, an Escher-like puzzle where it certainly appears that there's an impossible shape um, when you have it in 2D, but when you flick it into 3D, you can see that the, the sort of the vertical column is is much nearer, mm. and it gives you that sense of depth. What we haven't seen so far is how that's going to apply to gaming. Um, but I mean, really, what what you and I are both getting at is the best part of this is this means that. Nintendo has still got lots of things in store to surprise us with. The fact that we haven't seen this yet doesn't necessarily mean that it's not in there. Uh, it just means that, okay, Nintendo's waiting to, waiting to show it later. Mm. It's waiting to show how it can, uh, you know, change everything with, with a 3D display. Um, but, but one of the things that I certainly came away from the, from the first two worlds is that this game has got so much riding on it, but in, in actuality, you know, it's, it's probably going to be a really good Mario platformer, but is it going to be a, a total game changer? Well, well, for me personally, at this stage in the 3DS's life, I, I don't think it is. 
I don't think we should expect a completely, you know, balls out, innovative Mario game six months in. I think I said in the preview, this to me is the first step. This is one idea of how Mario can work in 3D. This isn't necessarily, you know, a final effort. It might, to me, imagine it maybe as a draft. You know, it's, it's Nintendo saying, OK, we've got this console, we've got this character, let's try this out. But we all know that Nintendo, like you say, loves to refine, it loves to reimagine. And who's to say that in two years' time we won't be seeing something completely different? I mean, really, who... I mean, when you got Wii, the first Mario game on Wii, I think, was, was Super Paper Mario. And you're like, OK, this is quite good, but it's not a definitive Mario. You knew there was going to be more. And then, you know, a year or so later, they came out with Super Mario Galaxy and were like, this is it. This is, you know, what we were waiting for. And honestly, I think that's going to be the same thing with Super Mario 3D Land. I think it's it's certainly got a lot a lot riding on it. A lot like, you know, me, media and, and sort of consumers have got it, got it in their mindset that if, oh my God, if this game doesn't sell, you know, 5 million copies, 3DS is dead. Well, that's not necessarily the case, you know. <laughs> it's It's a Mario game. It's coming out at Christmas. And it is going to do well, but let's not, you know, let's not sort of trick ourselves into thinking that it is going to be, you know, the de- the definitive Mario experience. It's going to be a really good game, certainly, but it's the first Mario game on 3DS. It is not, you know, anywhere near what we're going to see in the in the coming years because they're going to do more. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, now it's very interesting that you raise that, 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 you know, um, that there's some ideas here and that maybe this isn't going to be the definitive one, but there's going to be some ideas here and some experimentation, that kind of thing. Do you think that they chose to use the word land? Uh, do you think that that was a very deliberate choice by Nintendo? Because yeah, certainly. I mean, uh, I mean, semantically speaking, obviously they've been getting bigger each time. They've had land, they've had world, they went to galaxy, um, <laughs> and now I think the choice of going back to land, um, I think, does sort of does ground it somewhat. I mean, they've obviously re-released Super Mario Land and, and Mario Land Two on Virtual Console, and they want to bring it back to that. I mean, it's. To me, it's interesting they went with land, not world, well, because Super Mario World certainly brings up, you know, much much more favourable and much more recognised connotations than uh, Mario Land, for example. Yeah, but this is but the point I'm trying to get at is the land games have always been uh, places where there's been experimentation and they've taken some of those learnings from from land from the portable versions and put them into the, the sort of main home console series. Now. Uh, as a sort of example, we see um, Super Mario Land on Game Boy is a very, very different game from um, the, the the sort of main the mainline Super Mario Brothers titles. It's uh, the the second uh, Game Boy Super Mario uh, Super Mario Land again tried some very, very different things, had a very odd aesthetic to it. Uh, Mario Land Three was of course Wario Land, um, and and again, you know, the perspective, uh, there's a perspective shift there. The um, the mechanics are very, very different. I'm wondering whether or not they've, they've, they've placed land on this 3DS release to, to, to kind of put some sort of subconscious seed into the audience of, uh, you know, into the sort of hardcore Nintendo audience. Sort of say, well, this is... Uh, potentially a very very different title and we are only experimenting at the moment and maybe maybe this isn't what we really envisage a, a portable mario 
to to be. I mean, would you do you think there's any any relevance in that, or am I? I, th- at, I you think know? certainly. I mean, obviously after after they did the Land series and they moved on to World, they've obviously only done two. But I mean, there couldn't be more different Super Mario World and Yoshi's Island. Sure. I mean, are, are two completely different games. Um, I do think as well that with re-releasing the original Lands, they are sort of preparing the player and saying, look, you know, actually, if you go back and play these now, I mean. You know, like you say, Super Mario Land 2 is pretty weird. You go inside a giant Mario at mm. some point. And, I mean, that's before Starship Mario and, and all that sort of stuff happened. Um, but, I mean, they are brilliant games, as you, as you quite rightly say. Also, Wario Land, a superb game, but completely different. You know, it, it really is. I think what they're doing, uh, and I mean, I can imagine some of our listeners now sort of saying, how, you know, how dare you say that this isn't Nintendo's best effort at a Mario <laughs> game. I'm, I'm certainly not saying that Nintendo isn't trying. You know, Nintendo knows how much is riding on this game and it will, as always, you know, do its best to present a really good Mario game. I'm, I'm just sort of saying that it's, it's one, you know, one image of a, of a Mario game. It is gonna, gonna hark back to the, the portables the land games of, of previous like you say Mario Land and Mario Brothers couldn't really be much much more different mm. uh, in terms of you know alternate exits and I mean Mario Land 2's even got checkpoints in it and things like that and bonus stages and all sorts of weird stuff I think they they do want to clearly mark you know this is trying this is not by any stretch of the imagination new Super Mario Brothers which was a, a game title which could not have been more direct in its uh, sort of efficiency that game just said this is the Super Mario Brothers except hey look we, it's new I do think it's I do think it's going to be a fascinating game, and I really I do genuinely think it will divide players in a way that perhaps Mario games haven't for a long time. I think because, but I think that's a great thing, isn't it? Like, oh, definitely, yeah, like, of course. Because because I think the the one thing that, and I'd never I'd never go so far as to say that the Mario games are stale in any way, because there's 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 no matter which game you go to, there's there's a great deal of um, of joy and life to, to to Mario platformers, but. Coming off of the end of of Galaxy Two, it struck me that it struck me that I I couldn't quite fathom where Nintendo were going to take their mascot next. And for me, like the most exciting thing uh, uh, that Nintendo ever do is when they take their um, their core franchises and they go in such an odd direction. It's why I think that the Kirby games, for example, are some of the best games that Nintendo put out because. N- not a single Kirby game is is similar to to any other. You know, there's, they're constantly doing new things, and I think that actually that's why this is this release is is actually quite exciting because because we're going to see Nintendo try some new things. They are, you know, they're working in 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 a completely new dimension, and this is the first time that this character really is going to be in this dimension. You know, that isn't just a, a strange. Um, Mario Brothers hybrid on 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 Virtual Boy. You know, it, it's this this is the game that they kind of have to go. This is Mario. He's in 3D. This totally works. You know, audience, developers, naysayers, get on board because because this is this is what Mario is on this platform. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's uh, it's interesting that you say it's got a sort of it's got a stand as a beacon, really. I mean, I keep saying there's a lot of pressure riding on this game, and I think the idea is if Nintendo cannot prove that Mario works on 3DS, how in God's name is anyone else going to prove that their franchises are going yeah, to work? Yeah. A Mario 3D platform on 3DS, you know, to be honest with you, we shouldn't even really need to talk about it for this long. We should just go, yeah, it's going to be Mario, it's going to be great, let's move on, shall we? But the fact is, like I say, I really do think it's going to divide people. Um, 
it's not going to, I'll, I'll lay my hat out now, it's not going to emulate even closely the review scores of Mario Galaxy 2. Um, I would be, I think that sort of as a meta score, we'll, we're probably looking at 1992. Uh, people will say, oh, how, you know, that's terrible, Mario Galaxy 2 is getting 97 or, or whatever. But I, I think it's going to be a, a polarising game. I think it's going to be a very enjoyable game. And nobody, the thing is, nobody who's written about this game so far has said anything other than it's enjoyable. Um, unfortunately, we lost Peter at this point due to technical difficulties, but he will be returning in a future episode of the Nintendo Life podcast. That just about wraps things up for this month's episode. We hope you've enjoyed listening. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, nintendolife.com slash feeds slash podcast. All the links are in the news post accompanying this. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's just twitter.com slash nintendolife, facebook.com slash nintendolife. Follow me personally, I am Daddy Newts on Twitter, or pretty much anywhere else that allows social networking to happen. Until the next episode of the podcast, I will leave you with John's superb chip and game music podcast, NLFM. If you haven't checked out his Halloween episode yet, do so. It is superb. Once again, happy gaming! <laughs>